You're listening to The Travelers Podcast, a podcast for the over 30s who like to travel. We're your hosts, Leanne and Al Elliott, and we're a husband and wife team who've been full-time travelers since 2017. You can follow our adventures, see our honest reviews, and get links to everything mentioned in this podcast at travelers.com. Okay, welcome to episode seven of the Travelers podcast. Uh, I'm Al Elliott. I'm Leanne Elliott. And as you probably know by now, we are a husband and wife team who travel mainly Europe, but also the world from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're here to bring you a little bit more about our trip to Bled in Slovenia. Now, Bled, as you probably know, Bled, you probably know Lake Bled, which is the most, uh, most famous part of Slovenia. Uh, and there's a little village called Bled. We stayed maybe about two kilometers outside of the village. Uh, we were in a, um, a really cool little... Um, what was the... Do you remember what the village was called? I think the village was still Bled. Was it? But the village spread out away from the lake. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It was... Uh, so if you've ever been to Bled, you've been to the, like, the slightly touristy bit where we were maybe the other side of the lake. Um, so what do we know about Bled? Well, Bled is in Slovenia. Slovenia, if anyone doesn't know, is nestled between Italy, Austria and Croatia. Bled is a Slovenian resort. Um, It's in the foothills of the Julian Alps and it's set along the glacial Lake Bled. It's got a castle built in the 11th century, uh, which has got a museum, a chapel and weirdly a printing press. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the lake, of course, which is the most famous image, I think, of Bled, um, has the pilgrimage church on small town population of just over 8,000. There's something to do with the steps of Bled. There was a story about the steps of Bled, wasn't there? Is this the the steps up to the church? Mm. 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 No, there is, and I think we'll come on to that in a little bit. Fair enough. So, <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> Get a little ahead of myself. So, why would you go to Bled? Well, we went to Bled the end of September to the first week in October. Um, the weather was nice, wasn't it? It was really sunny, but it was chilly, so it's mm. kind of not getting really much past fifteen degrees during the day down single figures in the evening but we went in in autumn and it was just so beautiful mm-hmm. it was like being in a fairy tale or the or the forest with the leaves on you could go crunching and kicking them and it was just the most i think one of the most beautiful places i've ever been definitely yeah. we got some great pictures as well um, the only disadvantage of it being autumnal um and gin and uh, and orange is that we've got a ginger dog and so it was quite difficult to find <laughs> to see the dog in the in the leaves so uh what else do we need to know about it so the forests in slovenia cover about 50 well just over 50 about 55 percent of the country which ranks slovenia amongst the most forested countries in europe which is quite interesting and apparently there's supposed to be still bears or wolves that live in those uh, in those forests though we didn't see any at bled did we are there lions and tigers as well? There's, <laughs> there's lions, there's tigers. <laughs> if you go at certain times of the year, you can see giraffes. Oh. Uh, you can tell, yeah, they're, they're the ones that stick their head above the top of the canopy. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it's the big four. It's basically, if you want the big four in Europe, <laughs> you go you go to Slovenia. <laughs> just, just to be clear, that is not true. Uh, we've made all of that up. And what do we think about the people? 
just so friendly. I think that was, was that the first kind of country we went to that's kind of bordering Central Europe, Eastern Europe? I think that was our kind of first little adventure beyond mm. the usual Western, Western France and Spain and Italy. And, um, so I didn't really know what to expect, but the people were just really friendly, really interested. You go to a lot of places and tourists seem like a bit of a headache, mm -hmm. but they definitely embraced tourism and new people and were very generous with their time and, and wanting to share what Slovenia and being Slovenian is all about. Mm -hmm. No, very, very friendly. And we went back, uh, spoiler alert for one of our future episodes, we've been back to, uh, uh, to a couple more places in Slovenia because we loved it so much. So we went, as you said, we went um, the 30th of September to the 7th of October. Mm -hmm. um, so what was the climate like for that time of year? Uh, as I said before, the climate was sunny, but chilly. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, highs of 15 <laughs> during the day, lows of 7. Um, but those, I think for yeah, anyone who's from the UK will probably know what I'm talking about, those perfect autumn days where it's bright blue skies. Really, really sunny, but just nice and crisp and fresh. And I think because of the the um, the scenery as well, it gives a real alpine feel to the to the whole place. Yeah, and a lot of the houses are, are what you'd imagine alpine houses to be like, with big, big long sloping roofs, and they have these sort of these snow hook things on them mm -hmm. that um, uh, that that sort of catch the snow. I think they're meant to catch the snow. So the, they want the snow to, to lie on the roof because it insulates in the winter and keeps it a bit warmer, I think, if I remember. Oh, is that why? I think so. Oh. And if it's not, let's just pretend that I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, convince me. Talking of houses, uh, we stayed in a sort of, um, it was almost like the ground floor of this house where they turned into a little apartment, didn't they? Mm -hmm. So yeah. how much was that? Uh, for seven nights, that was €348, Euros, and that mm -hmm. was back in October 2017. So probably not, it's probably not going to be like 500 now, it's probably a little bit more than that. No, but as we know, €348 Euros two mm. years ago was slightly less against the pound than it is today. Oh God, do you remember those days when it was 1.3? Mm, oh, those good days. Good days. So... Um, some of the things that we did when we were there, we, it won't surprise regular listeners to know that we uh, spent a bit of time eating and drinking. Um, I think we had a really good Pinot Noir. Did, did, I was trying to think, was it, a, was it a special night that we went out or was it just like a Tuesday and we went out and bought I 50 I think quid. it was just a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> and we bought this, uh, this really nice <laughs> bottle of wine. Uh, the food. Is that the one that was shaped like a fish? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I don't know. It was a... Uh, but anyway, it's good wine. Um, in terms of walks, if you're into the countryside, then it's definitely a really, really good place to be. It's really, really super friendly, super dog friendly. Um, uh, we both, we've said before, is an alpine feel, very romantic, lots of fairy tale pictures you can take. Um, but in terms of the the walk, what was really interesting is that you can do a walk around Lake Bled, which takes around about 40 minutes to an hour, I think, if I remember. Um, but if you've got a dog, particularly a dog who likes chasing things, then you don't want to let them off the lead uh, for that, for that for that particular walk because there's lots of ducks and um, there's also the road as well quite nearby but it's quite a nice and there's a really nice hotel I think somewhere on the shores um, uh, that's quite fancy and uh, I don't mm -hmm. think we were allowed in with the dog uh, but definitely it's, it's a great walk but then if you fancied going a little bit sort of off-piste I think is the phrase isn't it then um, I went up from the lake I basically went 90 degrees and went up the hill um, which I regretted when I got to the top uh, because I was not only out of breath, but also a little bit, suffered for a little bit of vertigo. So looking down that sheer cliff that <laughs> felt like it was 600 miles to the end got me a little bit dizzy. 
Um, but yeah, we we went up there and that was really cool. And there's these sort of like, as you go up the, the, the path, you, you wind up the path up the hill and then towards the end, there's this almost like a ladder. It's really, really steep steps um, that I discovered um, our dog did not like at all. So I had to carry him up these steps, which again, add a frantic dog who's scrabbling, steps at about 80 degrees and um, not not that fond of heights. It was not a great experience. I remember there was a guy at the at the t- <laughs> there was a guy at the top um, who, man- who managed to grab the dog from me and uh, help me up the last few steps, which was a bit embarrassing. Mm. But, but you did was- get some great pictures. Yeah, they were amazing. And you can see right over the lake, and uh, we'll put some pictures of those in the show notes. Mm. So, talking of the lake, what do we know about the uh, about the small island in the middle? Um, so the small island in the middle is is the um, has the the church on it, Assumption of Mary Pilgrimage Church, um, and I think it is the most the most famous image of of Slovenia. I think if you know Slovenia at all, or it's even entered your mind, you're gonna you're gonna recognise that that picture. Um, and then yeah, there's this thing with the bell, so they ring it for luck. But wasn't there something out to do with people when they get married? Because wasn't I think the church was initially dedicated to the goddess of love and fertility. Mm. So isn't there something if you carry up your bride up the stairs, and there's a lot of stairs, Nine, like 99 yeah, steps? Yeah, I think so. Am I remembering that right? No, I think, yeah, there's 99 steps, and the local tradition says that the husband has to carry his new bride up these steps, um, during which the bride must remain silent, which I kind of wish we'd, <laughs> we'd instigated some good. First and last time of that marriage, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> So you carry him up to the top, and I'd imagine at the end the uh, the the, uh, the bridegroom needs a little bit of time to be silent just to get it to get his breath back. Um, <laughs> but to get across there, you have to get a boat. So if you're getting married across there, then the entire procession, the wedding party, would get boats across to the church. Um, I don't think we did. Did we see a wedding? No, no. I don't think we did. Um, but it's a, it's a really cool. And, and talking of the boats, there's a specific type. It's really weird. There's a specific type of boat. There's I don't know if it's just on that lake or is it a slovenian type of boat do you remember the I ones think, them? i think it is like a dedicated fleet is it right oh. i don't suppose you know that remember the name for it of that boat do you uh was it a, a pletna nice might have had that written down <laughs> it's a traditional flat bottom wooden boat yeah which in Slovenia is called a pletna I suppose you remember the uh, the number of boats in the fixed fleet, do you? I want to say like 22, 23. You had that written down. I know <laughs> you did. So it's a family-owned business, and they use these oars, which um, if you imagine a normal rowing boat, well, this is not, it's nothing like that. They've got this sort of oar at the back um, that's quite a big, fat oar, and they... And they, they Who did you just call me? <laughs> <laughs> Very good, um, and so what they <laughs> and they use this oar to get you across there, and it's it's almost like a imagine like a rudder of a boat, but they use it that way where they sort of almost like um, push you along from the back. It's all a bit weird. Um, like, um, is it like the the ones in Italy? No, doesn't that have a dude at the back with a stick? But like the gondola, yeah. Yeah, but he has a stick. This is like a, an oar, isn't it? Uh, or is it a stick? Is a stick? Is an oar not just a different type of stick? No, an oar's got like fans on it you've never been rowing have you no i'm saying this like i have but i haven't like a rudder well i suppose so yeah 
Okay. I think we might better put some. Uh, we better put some pictures on there because I'm not sure either of us really know what we're talking about here. <laughs> no, clearly not. So moving on. Mm. <laughs> Let's talk about something we know a little bit more about. Oh. Yes, food. <laughs> food. So Slovenia was part of Yugoslavia, uh, one of the very first countries to split. And having gone to all but one of the uh, countries in, Slo- in uh, former Yugoslavia so far, um, it does seem like the most. I don't want to say progressive because I don't mean that to be a negative thing, but the most sort of westernized, I think. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, definitely. But then I think that's also with its geography as well, isn't it? Mm. Because it borders Italy and Austria. Um, So, yeah, I think it's the influences are are much more pronounced there. Mm -hmm. So we find a lot of the um, a lot of the food would be sort of a a real mix between traditional Balkan food um, and we were asking, this is the first, our first time in former Yugoslavia, so we were, we were learning about the different types of food and then saying, right, well, this one was Bosnian and this one is Croatian, etc. Do you happen to remember the Bosnian food that we had? There was something, I remember distinctly asking what it was and said, this is based on Bosnian. Very that was in Maribor. Oh, was it? Mm. Oh, I'm thinking of something else then. But in in a lot of these, uh, particularly around the lakeside, um, they've got some uh, some really cool bars, and they are um, and they'll serve the traditional food. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. They will, um, and if you ask them about them, they're very happy to tell you about the history of the food, what's in it, um, and there's lots of. Would you say that? I mean, in terms of the the traditional bulk and stuff, it tends to be sort of meat, um, vegetable, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A very hearty. Uh, food, but then as 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 you said, Leanne, there's lots of German and Italian influences. So mm-hmm. you're you're gonna get just as just likely to get gnocchi as you are gonna get turnip soup. Yeah, yeah, definitely lots of of pasta dishes like that. Um, smoked fish as well, which I'm guessing is a Balkan thing, probably. Mm. Um, and then do you remember when we had the the goulash in that? Um, it's a restaurant right on the side of the lake, quite touristy, and we, we probably paid for it as well, but it's worth, I think it's worth it for the, the traditional element of it. And it was like a big copper pot of lamb goulash. Oh, it yeah. just came in this big pot with a big chunk of bread. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. It was quite, yeah, it felt quite Hungarian. But then I guess was Slovenia in the, the old Austrian-Hungarian kingdom? Well, there's no one here to say you're wrong, so let's So say I yes. believe it's because... <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a really it's a really interesting place for food actually because yeah you can go the same restaurant will have goulash it'll have pasta dishes it'll have German sausages it's it's a real it's a real yeah interesting place for food mm. and wine as well um, there's uh, this uh, Slovenia again in a future podcast we'll talk all about uh, Maribor and how amazing Maribor is for wine um, but it's some of the some some of the best like wines we've had there particularly white as well which I think that was probably one of our first times that we'd gone somewhere and we stayed away from the red. We tended to go much more towards the white, didn't mm-hmm. we? Yeah. And there was some, uh, some st- at the time we had no idea what we were drinking. We were just drinking whatever one suggested we should drink. Uh, but looking back, we were having some, uh, having some really, really, um, you know, cool grapes that we never would have heard of before. And we know a bit more about now having been in Maribor, but mm-hmm. it was fantastic. Yeah, it was brilliant. And there was lots of Italian wines as well, I think, because it's because of that Italian border, then there's, there's just dead easy to get wines across from Italy into Slovenia because it's, it's all part of the Schengen, isn't it? So there's no hard border. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then weren't we told that Slovenian wine, is that the place where it's they don't export any of it because they drink it all? 
I think that might have been Slovakia. Oh, was it? Oh, I I'm think getting it was. Mixed up. <laughs> I think it was Slovakia where they said that 98% of the wine stays in the country because they all drink it. <laughs> Excellent. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Slovenians did the same. Yeah. Some great wine, though. So if you are interested in, in wines, which um, if you're not, then you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast because <laughs> that's pretty much 60% of what we're talking about. If you're interested in wines, then definitely Slovenia is an amazing place to go. So um, in terms of where it is, it's in the northwest of Slovenia, I think. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, and the roads are fantastic to get around on. They're really, really, um, uh, they're really new and uh, they're great to drive. The drivers are, <laughs> for, <laughs> for, the former Bol- for the former Yugoslavian countries, the drivers are relatively westernized. <laughs> and I don't mean that necessarily as a, as a criticism, but it is, it is a bit of a scary experience driving in some of the other countries, mm. um, particularly the further east you go, Bulgaria and, and Albania, where the driving experience is a little bit unique so it's very it's very much a, a nice gentle um driving introduction into um, central and eastern europe and speaking of introductions into driving in central and eastern europe do you remember our our first hard lesson in not doing your research before you arrive somewhere was this the 500 euro res- <laughs> yeah. lesson tell them all about it so we crossed into Slovenia from italy and we'd driven driven all across northern italy and what we didn't really know was that there's this thing called... Vignette. Vignette, which is basically road tax. But rather than, than charge people who, who live and are registered in Slovenia car tax or road tax, they charge anybody who uses roads, such as this little sticker that goes in your front windscreen. And they check it as you go over the border and to make sure that you have one. But we didn't know what they were. We didn't know we meant to have one. Um, so when we crossed the border, we got pulled over, thinking that they were maybe just doing a bit of a spot check because we were driving a Spanish car, but it's also on the right-hand drive. But these boys are tooled up because uh, they, they're on the border and they're, and there's, they're in big coats and hats and they've got binoculars mm-hmm. and they were, they're actually looking for you like a quarter of a mile away mm-hmm. and they're looking for the, um, for the vignette. And while we were there, another another guy got pulled over as well. So it must be a it must be brisk business for them. They must mm-hmm. do quite well. And I know we got taken to the back of a van, didn't we? We did. And they wrote up our ticket for five hundred euros. Bearing in mind, a vignette is around about I think if I remember is about twenty euros for the week. Yep. So we got this five hundred euro um, fine, um, and of course uh, we were sitting there crying our eyes out because it's five hundred euros, and you know that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But then he did say if you paid it today. Um, it would be half that, I think. Yeah, that right? that's right, yeah. And I was half expecting him to say, and if you pay it in cash to me right now, <laughs> it'll be 100 euros. But but no, as we said, they're a little bit more uh, more developed than some of the other parts of Eastern Europe. So, uh, so there's definitely, a, there didn't seem to be any kind of bribe to be had. Although we didn't, we didn't try, to be fair. We could have offered him 100 euros and said. No, but he, he didn't give the impression that that was <laughs> something he'd be open to. I'm not sure corruption is a huge thing in Slovenia. No. So... Uh, so, lessons to be learned. Uh, number one mm. is you should go to Bled because it is one of the most magical, beautiful places that we've ever been. Yeah, without a doubt. In fact, one of our friends, hi Kenny, um, actually asked us if he could use our pictures because he's a teacher and he was teaching the Brothers Grimm fairy stories um, into his class. So he actually used our pictures to give a visual aid. It really is that 
that picturesque, isn't it? Exactly. And these pictures are taken from an iPhone as well, so it's not like yeah, a, yeah. We're, we're, we're fancy people with all this fancy gear. Uh, lesson number two is you should definitely get stuck into the food. Um, it is a really eclectic mix of all kind of cultures, but mm -hmm. just try as much of it as you can. It's, uh, I know we did. Um, <laughs> lesson number three, wine. As you said before, massively underrated. Yeah. Um, for, for wine, Gef, definitely get into that. And because of the uh, enologists who've come across from Italy, um, you know, there's some great, um, some great blends. Well, not blends, but blend of knowledge. Um, so, uh, so mm -hmm. it's definitely a great place. Um, and was there a fourth one? Or oh, lesson number four is get a vignette before get you drive in. Get a vignette. In. Yeah, because uh, otherwise they will pull your pants down at the border. Mm -hmm. Vignettes are available from petrol stations um, on the lead up. We kept wondering what this big sign for vignette <laughs> was. <laughs> we now know. You can oh. <laughs> and you can buy it from petrol stations. And when you're in there, you can buy it from any petrol stations. Dead easy. But also, if you are traveling in Europe, driving at all, just, just search vignette in and the country you're going to. Because in Hung Hungary, they have them. In Slovakia, they have them. But in Switzerland. Austria. Austria but in Switzerland, I don't think they do. They don't in France. They don't in Spain. Um, but it's worthwhile knowing because mm -hmm. in some countries you can buy them when you get in there. But other countries, as we've discovered, like Slovenia, there are uh, chubby 50-year-old policemen waiting with binoculars and uh, and looking to take money out of your arse or pocket. Mm -hmm. So I think that kind of sums up our Slovenian adventure. Um, if you've if you've ever been, please let us know. We'd love to know your uh, uh, your thoughts and comments. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add as a closing note? No, nope, I think you've done it. Great. So next time we are in Croatia Croatia and did we go directly from Bled to Croatia yeah we did we didn't really plan it that well because I think we went to we went to Croatia and then we went back to Slovenia there must wow. have been a reason but now I do not know what it is I think it might be wine oh. anyway so that's on the next episode um, please give us your feedback all the show notes are at travelers.com forward slash zero seven that's our episode seven. And Travelers is Travelers with an H, Travelers.com. Look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Travelers podcast. Thanks for listening and head on over to Travelers.com for all the show notes and links mentioned in the show.